No G with a Z. P-O-G. It's the Smoking Guns Podcast. It's you and You're, me. It's you and me, yeah. Uh, waiting on RC. She said, go on without me. I'll catch up. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to go on without her, and she will catch up. This is the Smoking Guns Podcast. We are a podcast that deals with professional football in San Antonio. That's all inclusive, uh, including the San Antonio Gunslingers of the XFL, who are on their uh off season right now just had their rookie draft yeah drafted a wide receiver from central michigan do you know what kind of wide receivers they produce in central michigan that's where antonio brown came from what are you doing (laughs) (laughs) hopefully even if he's not the same talent as uh antonio brown hopefully he won't be as antonio brown as antonio brown speaking of antonio brown we also cover the San Antonio Gunslingers of the National Arena League, the now 7-1 and one San Antonio Gunslingers. But boy, did they try. Did they try to Man. give that game away. Wow. Yeah, they made it real. I mean, they were up, uh, what, 30 points late in the third? Yeah. And yeah, and then I mean, with I'm talking when I say late in the third, I mean like two minutes, less than two minutes left in the third. I think everybody thought it was a done deal. You know, it's time to start, you know, running clock. And then all of a sudden, it's like uh, one of the broadcasters said, what you do to them in the first half, the other team can do to you in the fourth quarter. <laughs> <laughs> Very wise man on the broadcast said what they what you do to them in the first half mm-hmm. they can do to you in the second half. Um folks, it's truth. Uh and if you ever need evidence of that, if anybody ever says this game is out of hand, especially in arena football. Um you now have evidence. You can turn around and go no. No, no. It's not over. There's no reason. Mm-hmm. Look, there's lots of things and we're going to break down all of those things. We're going to talk about uh, what we saw, what we know, what we don't know, uh, our personal opinions of what happened. And some of them are going to be not nice to guys that we really like. Um, but at this point, like Ralph Judkins, who does, who play-by-play guy, did the game with me. He and I were having a conversation yesterday, and he made a great point. He said, the gunslingers were one play away from being a joke to people in the know for the rest of the time the NAL exists because they almost gave up the biggest lead in NAL history to lead to a comeback. You know all those jokes about the Antonio, uh, the Atlanta Falcons? Yep. In the Super Bowl? That was almost the gunslingers. And we need to talk well, about why. At least it wasn't a championship game, but yeah, still. <laughs> You're not it would wrong. have been a record. It would have been a it would record. Have been a record and not a record that you want. No. And even a record that once your record gets beat, you're still like, yeah, I don't even like being in the top five of that list. Yep. The Gunslingers looked great in the first half. Uh, they look good on defense. They look good on special teams. They look good offensively. They were clicking in the first half. If the San Antonio Gunslingers can play football, two full halves of football, like they played in the first half, There is no team in the NAL I'm scared of. Does that mean we'll beat all of them? Does that mean we'll beat Jacksonville? I don't know. 
it'll be a really close game. They're a really good team. But if they can play like they played in the first half in two full halves of football, there's nobody in this league I'm scared of. Yeah, no, I mean, the feeling was talking to other fans down in the stands where I was and everything, you know, it was uh, obviously we were happy. We were excited. We were like, finally, these guys, you know, not not finally, but we've seen them struggle in wins. And we we're like, this is a statement game. This is a game that we're sending a message to the rest of the league. Enough of this nonsense about, uh, you know, with the Jacksonville owning Texas and, and all that other stuff. You know, we felt really good about this, about this team in the first half. And then it was just a meltdown in the second, you know, late, late third and, and fourth quarter that uh, the gunslingers just escaped. I don't know. That was just the perfect way to put it. I don't know if it was you or Ralph that said at the end of the game, more so that the gunslingers took a win in this game. It, they escaped a loss against the West Texas uh, Warbirds. Yeah, that was definitely Ralph Judkins. That was his uh, story of the game was that they survived. They escaped. Um, if that game is any longer, and I mean a single play longer, yeah, I don't know that they win that game. They, was... they, they got out of there exactly when they could. And look, Trayvon Shorts drops the ball on the goal line at the end of the game for the West Texas Warbirds. And I've seen people on National Arena League social media piling on a little bit, Trayvon Shorts. Ah, you couldn't hold on to the ball. You're a bum. Look, there are three guys that got West Texas back into that game. They weren't watching that game. Jalen Childress played an excellent game. I made fun of his height because he's a short guy. He's a little guy. And so Mm -hmm. I made a couple of height jokes because he's a little guy, and he knows he's a little guy. And if he wants to fight me, I mean, he's little. I can take him. Uh, no, I, that's not true, Jalen. I'm I'm kidding. Uh, but Jalen Childress had an incredible game. Jordan Gandy, not only as a receiver, but in relief of Mitch Kidd, led that team. And Trayvon Shorts, without those three guys, that game's not even close. Yeah, it's not and a so game. To, to say Trayvon Shorts lost that game for West Texas is ridiculous because without Trayvon Shorts, they're not even close enough to win that game. They're not yeah. anywhere near that. The people that said that weren't watching just earlier. In the, they didn't watch the game. They didn't watch that quarter. Because just earlier in that quarter, I, I think uh, same possession, uh, they would have seen uh, sh- Shorts run the ball and literally like, you know, def- Gunslinger's defenders bouncing off of him. I mean, he should have been tackled uh, for a short game and he turned it into a long game after breaking probably four tackles on that one play, he was in beast mode. He was, he was. And, you know, you got to tip your hats a little bit to the West Texas Warbirds. I know there are Texas rivals and we're supposed to not like them. And we certainly don't want to give them any uh, props, but I said it multiple times. Ralph and I both did on the broadcast. You really had, to respect the way that they were fighting in that game. Look, the game was decided at halftime. By any measure, any football fan looks at it and goes, man, they're going to have to do everything right, and the gunslingers are going to have to do everything wrong for them to climb back into this game. And then they lost their quarterback. Mitch Kidd goes down with a a head or neck injury. I don't know what it was. 
there was there are some things you don't say on the broadcast. You just don't you don't uh, speculate about an injury. <clears throat> Something I learned early on. I know you hear other guys do it. Certainly, they do it in the NFL. They've got a lot more people looking at a lot of things and feeding them information so they can make a lot better judgment calls on some injury stuff. But at this level, you don't ever speculate about the injury, so I never mentioned it. But when he came out at the end of the first half, I watched him over at the uh, at the West Texas sideline, and he was holding on to his neck as he came off the first time. Um, and then he didn't come back out in the second half. So some sort of head-neck injury, it looks like. It looked like to me. That's all the information I have. I've tried to reach out to other folks, uh, and I haven't gotten any response about how he's doing. Um, but they lose their quarterback in the second half, and so they're down by 30 points. They have no quarterback, and no quarterback. They don't have a backup, so they have no quarterback. This game is over, and it we wasn't. Think. Yeah, West Texas kept doing whatever it took, um, each player stepping up when they needed to, and and that idea of they have to do everything right and the gunslingers have to do everything wrong almost came to pass. Um, yeah. It, I mean, on that note, the, the gunslingers did a lot of things wrong for that to, to help make that happen. You know, not taking any credit away from West Texas and what they did because the fight never, they never quit. The fight never left them. Gandhi came in and did a very admirable job um, as the relief at quarterback. Sure. Um threw some some nice balls, uh, it threw the ball away at, at the, when when he needed to, um, but the gunslingers kind of shot themselves in the foot and and helped them out with some really costly uh, turnovers at some really inopportune times. Um, and to be fair, that's how the gunslingers scored uh, a couple on a couple of possessions in the first half. So right. I mean, right. they literally kind of mirrored what we did to them in the first, in the second, but it wasn't really in the second half because it was mostly fourth quarter um, that that all of that happened into. It was like a truncated period that made it all the more frustrating and all the more scary for us uh, gunslinger fans that were there at the Freeman. Jay Washington checking in on YouTube. Warbirds yeah. are like the little brother. They kept picking on the little brother and almost won. He's right. They almost yep. did. Well, let's address the elephant in the room when we talk about this game. And we need to preface all this with saying, well, we both have opinions, and our opinions are our opinions. Uh, we don't want to uh, – we're not, we're not trying to attack anybody or make anybody feel bad, anything like that. But it's clear. We've seen it for a few weeks now, and we've just kind of said, well, it'll get figured out. But we can't do that anymore because it nearly cost us this game. Folks, my opinion, something is wrong with Arvell Nelson. Something yep. is wrong. I, I don't know if it's an injury, if it's the yips, if it's a mental thing. I don't know what it is, but something is wrong with Arvell Nelson. He is not throwing a crisp ball ever. The The tightest spiral he threw went into a guy's forehead. <laughs> yeah, I felt bad for that guy at that time. Yeah, I felt awful for that guy. Hey, look who decided to show up. Hey, RC. Hey, RC. Always. We did. It's the heat. I lower the heat. I can't help it. 
Check your mic. I'm not sure you're on the right mic. Um, Can you hear me now? Is it better? That's much. better. Yes. Okay. Yes, much. Well, I was saying uh, was that I don't move fast in the heat. I move super slow, so I apologize. <laughs> After 100, I'm in slow-mo. Well, we're talking about the football game on Saturday, the one against West Texas. Ooh, I have to be even more specific. The one against West Texas last week, not the one coming up against West Texas on Saturday this week. We'll get at all that in a minute. Um, but we're talking about this game, and I had just mentioned, I think you caught some of it as you came on, um, uh-huh. that we can't we can't really we can't really disguise it anymore. Something's up with Arvel Nelson. Something is yes. different about his game. He is a champion. He is a solid player. He is running the ball really well. But that when it comes is. to throwing the ball um, any further than 10 or 15 yards and, and his passes don't look crisp, they don't look solid. I, I tend to think there's some some sort of injury, but I don't know. Yeah, it, it, it seems like something's off with his throwing motion or I know he was wearing a glove. I don't know if it's something on his hand or the glove itself because he did have you know a couple of fumbles on snaps and at costly times one that was really particularly bad that was a scoop and score from you know like the half yard line or two the two yard line um but um it, it those deep balls every deep ball he threw even the ones that were completed it seemed like it was more the work of the receivers making adjustments and just getting that ball than the ball being well-placed or well-thrown. I mean, you're talking balls end over end, uh, rotating sideways. I, I mean, it's it's not the look of a ball of a, of, that you expect that was thrown by a, a professional uh, quarterback. And we're not throwing shots at Arvell here. We're not, no. we're not saying – you know, that, that he can't throw a ball. Obviously he can, he's a veteran. He's been around for a long time. He's a a championship quarterback and you don't get that way. Not being able to throw the ball. Um, Mm -hmm. This is a new thing. This is not, this is not something I've ever noticed before. And, and we're not trying, you're right, Leo. We're not trying to take shots at Arvell, but we run a show. We, We do a show about professional football in San Antonio, about the San Antonio gunslingers. And at this point, we would be, I don't know, not doing our job, not Remiss? that we get paid for this. We we would be we would be missing a part of the story if we just ignored the fact that something isn't right. Something isn't going something isn't right. I don't know what it is. Injury, throwing motion. Um, I did have a conversation today uh on text with Coach Shaw. And I said, hey, at any point during the fourth quarter, was there any thought about putting in Robert Kent Jr. just to grab the spark that you needed to grab back, to grab momentum back? And he said, well, I thought about it. He said, I actually was going to play him for the whole fourth quarter until things started really getting out of hand. And then I felt like Arvell needed to stay in and figure out how to win that game. I wanted Arvell in there to deal with the issues that 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 had been created at that point. I wanted him to lead his team and give him the opportunity to win that game, and he did that. Um, no offense, Coach. No offense, Arvell. 
Arvell Nelson didn't win that game. He didn't find a way to win that game. Trayvon Shorts dropped a football. If he doesn't yeah. do that, we lose that game. Right. Yeah. Um, so it it was a gamble. It paid off. I wanna I, I want a coach that believes in his guys. Coach Shaw believes in Arvell Nelson. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that you have Robert Kent Jr. on the sidelines. And at some point in the fourth quarter, I turned to it while we were on break, I turned over to Ralph Judkins and I said, at what point do, do you go with Robert Kent? Not, not anything against Arvell, but if you know, you've got a veteran guy that is consistent, that is smart and, and Arvell seems to be struggling at what point do you make that change? And I don't know. Hey, Philip Barnett is uh, listening. Yeah. Love that guy. Love that guy. He said it was just a bunch of freakish things that happened that way. The game wasn't as close as the score showed. That is true. That's true. That is true. If the gunslingers go out there and play against West Texas, the way they know how to play football, the way you guys know how to play football, they cannot match you period. They cannot match the gunslingers. They are not as good a team. Um, they have some really good pieces and some really good players. Trayvon Shorts is a, is good. Um, uh, Jalen Childress is an incredible return guy. He had a phenomenal uh, game. Jordan Gandy is a Swiss Army knife, and that's awesome. Um, but past that, like maybe you could say Richie Anderson can really tick people off from time to time. Uh, other than that, Richie Anderson doesn't have a lot going for him. Uh, I know Philip Barnett's not a big fan of his, and I know why because. He runs his mouth all the time and gets in your head. That's that's Richie Anderson's game is to try to get you off of your game by pestering you, by bugging you. Um, but past those guys and Mitch Kidd. Mitch Kidd is a, is, is a solid quarterback. I don't know when we'll see him again. Um, and he wasn't a big part of this game simply because of, of some sort of injury. Um, yeah. But on paper, these teams aren't close. And yeah. if the no, Gunslingers play their game – there's no, no. and 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 Philip Barnett. Uh, Philip is also right um, in the sense where he said it was a bunch of freakish things that happened their way that went their way. <laughs> really you are. you you have the 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 mishandled snaps. Um, you know the 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 scoop and scores. You have two of those. Uh, the followed up by deuces. Um, right. You, you have the point. The scary moment with uh with Kylie Rashad on the on the kickoff that ended up going our way because the ball did hit the wall as it deflected off the net. So that was that was the correct ruling. But stuff like that just kind of takes away from your momentum. It takes mm-hmm. away and, and and adds more fire to the fuel that the West Texas Warbirds had going on. And and things just went as as uh, Barnett says. A lot of things just went their way. That's it not going to happen all the time. No. The the you know the game was not as close as the score would indicate. If not you if you truly watch the whole thing, but right. to our point where we're concerned about Arvell, if it's something in his head that he just needs to kind of buckle down and settle down and, and overcome, or if it's something physical. But it wasn't just this game that fans have have on the sidelines. We're on the sidelines watching the game, and we're talking amongst each other, and we're hearing other fans. And we could tell you, I could tell you, I've had multiple fans tell me 
saying, what was that after exactly. a, a, after a deep ball? Like, what is wrong with that, with that ball? Like it, it's, it's just not looking the way it should or the way you expect or, or the way it has been in the past with Arvell. Arvell definitely has a ton of talent and he's a great, a great guy and a, and, and a good quarterback, but it just seems like there's something going on and we just hope, we hope that he gets that figured out quickly. Yeah. And that's what's surprising about this. It's not, it's not, well, that's Arvell Nelson. That's what you get. No, that's not no. what any of us expect from Arvell Nelson. We know him to be a better player. That's why when we see what we've seen over the last few weeks, we go, something's off. Something's wrong. Something's yeah. going on. We don't know um, what it is. We can guess and then throw out our opinions. And that's what we do on this show. I laughed over the last couple of days because there was a comment we got, what, uh, Leo, a year ago about your show is nothing but two fat guys talking about football for two hours. Yes, we've yeah. never reported to be anything other than that. That's all. That's what we are. That could almost be the tagline of this show if RC wasn't here. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. Guys talking about football. Well, I've been yeah, calling but... an idiot before on Facebook, so there. Right, right. We all have. If you we haven't all, called yeah. an idiot on Facebook, you're not doing something right. Um, <laughs> we we <laughs> we don't. Uh, I don't know what to do about it. I, I talked with, like I say, I talked with coach today and I said, Hey, any idea? Um, I, I don't know what's wrong and I wouldn't purport to know or to tell you how to fix it. Like that's not something I know. What I do know is a championship quarterback doesn't throw the ball like this. And Arvell doesn't throw the ball like this. Um, and, and it's getting noticed. Um, and James Palmer brings up a great point when he says, at what point uh, do they let Kent take over if it keeps going on? I don't know the answer to that. I don't know that they know the answer to that right now because Arvell got you here. Arvell mm -hmm. is still seven and one. Right. Arvell is still putting up incredible uh, rushing touchdown numbers. By far and away, the top guy in the league. He is, yeah, he is leading the team and they're seven and one. I mean, it's really hard to say, yeah, my quarterback is winning. We're winning. He's playing well in certain aspects of the game and he's doing what he needs to do to lead us to victory, but I'm giving him the hook. Um, yeah. That's I, I don't know. That's, that's a tough call. That's a tough thing to do. What if you're wrong? What if you give Arvell a hook, put Robert Kent in, and then things really fall apart? Um, what if, what if Arvell is what's holding things together right now? I, I don't know. I'm not in the locker room. None of us are. Uh, well, some yeah. of us are Philip, not me, um, <laughs> is in the locker room, but I guarantee those guys are a hundred percent behind Arvell Nelson. Oh yeah. Um, they're all going to back their guy, no matter they're, what. And they're going to back they him and, and they believe Arvell will get it figured out. And I have to. I have to nod along with them and say, if you guys believe that, then let's let's believe that. Um, Kerry Brian White, poor guy, doesn't have any time to throw the ball okay. because they're penetrating our lines so fast. Also an issue. Yeah. Also an issue. The offensive line play has been a little rough lately. The gunslingers have some work to do. Um, offensively, defensively, they've been they've been playing great. I mean. Yeah. You look back at that game, the West Texas Warbirds 
they did not score on the gunslingers defense um, minus the one touchdown at the end of the third, beginning of the fourth. I don't depends on which clock was correct because uh, the time had expired before that play was run according on the broadcast. But I know the game clock versus the broadcast clock, they can be several seconds off just depending on how it goes. Um, But besides that possession, every score was off of like a fluke type of, you know, weird play like Barnett Mm -hmm. said. Um, so, I mean, the defense played a great game. Um, it, it's just offense where we're, we're seeing, we, we know what the gunslingers are capable of. We know the, uh, the weapons they have there. And there's just be, seems to be these lapses or these moments where they're just not hitting on all cylinders. And right now, one of those things that's concerning from us watching from the sidelines is the long ball and 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 what those are what those are looking like receivers literally having to go up and and get some of those they're not perfectly placed um they're obviously there where the receiver could get them sure most times but it's just uh not what we're used to seeing and so just a little concerning and then when you bring in a guy a proven guy and a leader like robert you know kent jr you know the duke uh, you love having him as a coach on the bench you love having him as as someone to to push Arvell and, and make him better like he has done. And, you know, players even say say um, that he understands his role and is there doing that. Um, you can't help but wonder. And then at some point that becomes maybe a distraction, and we don't want that either. So right. we're walking a fine line here. Raul right. Nava, RC, I know you got something. I want to yeah. address this real quick. Roll Nava says, do you think they got too comfortable with the score? I don't actually. Um, I looked for that. Uh, I looked to that sort of stream of consciousness, that, that sort of logic in the middle of the broadcast. I was like, did they take their foot off the gas? Is that what's happened here? And then as I, I really began to replay the second half and certainly the end of that third quarter in the fourth quarter, that's not what happened. Philip Barnett is right. It was a lot of really weird things yeah. that happened all at once and made things look a lot different than it actually was. Um, and, and you know, I don't feel like the gunslinger. I don't feel like at any point the gunslingers came out and said, we got this game in the bag. We can take it easy. And the thing I would I would point to to say they didn't, when this game was still a very wide margin, right. there's a point, it's really funny actually on the broadcast, where something happens. I don't even remember what exactly happened. But the gunslingers could challenge. But at that point, they would get the ball back or something. It would have been, I, don't, I don't remember exactly what the situation was. But I said out loud, in this situation with this kind of lead, I don't think Coach Shaw is going to challenge that because he doesn't need to keep this possession going or whatever the case may be. As I was in the middle of that sentence, the referee came over the ref's mic and said, San Antonio is challenging the call on the field, which meant Fred Shaw was playing this game as it was meant to be played, no matter what the score was. And if your leader is doing that of your team, your team is doing that as well. I don't think they ever took their foot off the gas. I think a lot of weird things happen. Yeah. All at once. RC, right. what do you got? Well, I was just talking to a fan and they said, you know, they felt comfortable that we were going to get the W. So they went to get a beer, get some snacks. And when they came back, it was a totally <laughs> different story. They're like, what happened, RC? 
I'm like, I don't know. He's like, I just went to get a beer. I'm like, I know. Like, it was like a freak, like a couple of things that just played that just really whacked it out. And literally the fans were in shock and were like, what happened? We thought we had this game won. And then at the end, they were like, I could feel my heart being beating faster. I was getting nervous. So if I was getting nervous, I know the rest of the fans were getting nervous. You know, they were literally like, what happened? And I, I hate putting fans yeah. in that predicament because it was just like out of control. Like we had no control. Obviously we don't, but it was like so quick and so fast. And then the score was like, oh my God, we're like down by seven points. Like one touchdown. What are we going to do? So I don't, I did not like being in that position. I yeah. can tell you that. To actually go down in that fourth quarter to at any point be down on the scoreboard was just inconceivable. It was, it was, it was craziness. Um, uh, It's like uh, Chase Risman said a while ago, what a crazy game. It was crazy. It was intense. I mean, it went from one emotion to another, you know, then to like, are are you freaking kidding me? Is this really happening in front of us? That guy can't go get a beer anymore. I don't know yeah, who it was we were talking about. Whoever he that he's not allowed to go get a beer anymore. I'm not going to throw him under the bus, but yes, I'm going to tell him. The game. And do there, not go get a beer ever. There's a beer girl. You. There's a beer girl that comes around. You get your oh, beer. Come from on. She her takes a long out. time, though. I mean, I would have almost passed out of thirst if I waited on her. I'm just She's saying. She's doing what she can do. I know. She's doing what she can do. There's a beer girl. Whoever that is gets their beer from the beer girl from now on. Or somebody else go get that guy a beer or something. I'll get him a beer. Man. There you go. Uh, Ralph Judkins brings up a great point about changing over to Robert Ken Jr. He said, Arvell is the leader. You pull the leader in that situation. You create another crisis that does not end with the game. Coach knew the stakes were higher than just one game. And that's a great point. Yep. It's a good, solid point. And Ralph is good at making good points. Uh, Raul Nava earlier said, off a topic, uh, but can't stick around too long. Phil, you did an amazing job. He's talking about on the broadcast, not with the podcast. That's not where I do an amazing job. Uh, We missed you. I got to tell you, I got a chance to uh, be a part of the broadcast this, this week, and it is the most fun I've had broadcasting a game, bar none. Uh, High school games you can't prepare for. In the same way you can prepare for these games, um, you just get a lot of numbers and a lot of names and and you do your best with that. Uh, when we used to do Gunslingers games all the way back in the first season, in the AAL season, uh, we had to do everything. Uh, it was just Leo and I and Jonas. And so uh, there was a lot of stress involved with that. This was just, you know, TSP's crew took care of everything. I got to throw in a headset and talk about football with Ralph Judkins. And that was a blast. That was the most fun I think I've ever had calling a game. Um, it was really a, a good time and I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a great broadcast. Uh, I I definitely was like, I have to go and watch the broadcast after watching the game just so I can see what it sounds like. And then especially after that game and how nuts it was, I definitely wanted to go back and watch that a second time. So, yeah, kudos to you and Ralph for a job uh, well done. Jay Washington, the broadcast was great and great to see everyone but RC. I think I saw your flashing hat, though. And what's wrong with that? Are you complaining about my hat? No, he's saying he oh. saw the hat. Oh, great. Well, okay. Did you see this? <laughs> he said he didn't get to see you because he saw me before the game. 
I ran into him in the hallway. Yeah, the rubber ducks. I thought that was. Oh my god, he's hilarious! Did you see the these, Philip? Warbirds. The I heard birds. about them. I did not see them, but I heard about them. <laughs> it's hilarious. But yes, uh, but I had I, a flashing hat. Yes, and Lolis did too, which uh, RC got for her, and uh, she thanks you very much for that, RC. That was very nice of you. So we we've like talked. Twins. We've talked about some negative things around the gunslinger, some of the things that led to this game being too close. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about a positive. Let's talk All about right. a guy named Bikembe Hitstick Kearney, who made his debut on Saturday night and made his presence felt right away. Yes. One interception and one knockdown pass. He did more than that, but those are the two things I want to talk about. The interception was incredible. Go back and watch the video. I don't know how well it translates on the video, but I'm standing at the end of the field looking down the field and seeing what Mitch Kidd sees. Bikembe did not have to move his feet at all to catch that interception. That ball came right into his chest, into his hands. And you go, like well, well, that's easy. That's an easy interception. Uh, Leo, you had a son that played defensive back. Is yes. that an easy interception when the ball all of a sudden is right on you, right where you need it, right where it should be? No, no, it's it's <laughs> never never easy. <laughs> There's a lot of lot of pressure uh, um, uh, to make that that catch. I will say though, from my perspective, looking the other way, I didn't necessarily see it the way you saw it. I do think he was in position when the ball got there. Um, I also think that. Uh, Kid threw that ball uh, according to the route and when the yes. when the receiver was supposed to be there. Yep. And I think the Kimbe recognized the recognized where the where the ball was going and got there first. Yeah. That that that's how how I saw it from 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 my perspective. Either way, it was a great play, and it was I, I had to more than once because it was his debut. I had to more than once pick up my program and say, who is that guy? Who is number three? Cause I know it's not <laughs> Darius Banks. Yeah. Uh, who usually wears number three. Who is that guy? Um, the other play he made that was by far more, more impressive to me. He knocked down a pass that he had no business being anywhere near. He was along the wall. Arthur Hobbs came up to jam the receiver. I think it was Childress but it might've been somebody else. He goes to jam the receiver and the receiver gets around him. And, and if you're a defensive back going to jam a receiver and they get beyond you, they're gone because your momentum's carrying you the opposite direction they're going. Uh, and so the receiver is wide open in the middle of the field and the quarterback, I think it was Gandy at that time, lets the ball go and it's a touchdown. I'm watching again down the field, the same way that, uh, I was that interception. And this is a touchdown. Nothing but a touchdown. And Bikembe Kearney comes out of nowhere from the wall and gets his fingertips on that ball and knocks it straight down. It doesn't go up in the air so that the receiver can go make a play on it anyway. He mm. knocks it straight down. He had no business being anywhere near that ball at that point. It was beyond him. That should have been a touchdown. And he made the play on it. It was an incredible play. Yeah, he turned on the Jets to get there, um, and and that was on one of those possessions, I believe, that was a turnover on down. So mm -hmm. it was big. Yeah, 
It was. It was. It was a big play. Way to show out. Hit stick Kearney or Bikembe uh, Kearney. Uh, I'm glad we got him. I don't know where welcome. he came from, but welcome, <laughs> welcome to the team, bud. We love having you here. Um, and a big bright spot in a game that you could really look at and go, Ooh, this was this was ugly. This was an ugly win. Uh, Bikembe was a bright spot in the middle of that. I was going to say, uh, Leo, remember there was a play where Holly was near the end zone and then something happened. Then like a second later, he was like midfield. And you're like, how did he get there? What play was that? That Kali was like everywhere on the field. That was on an interception um, where Kali had to turn defensive back. Um, a poorly placed ball. One of the balls that we're, you know, we talk about where Talking we're concerned. About- and um, I don't remember which, uh, who it was that was playing defensive back. And, and Kali uh, made contact with him, forced him to hit the ground as he, created the interception, but then he got up and, and ran with the ball. I don't think a whistle was blown. It wasn't determined until after the play. And I think yes. we had to challenge that play. Coach Shaw yes. very alertly challenged the play that he was down by contact. But I was standing there saying, somebody tackle this guy because the whistle had not been blown. Right. Right. Ali Rashad gets himself up off the ground gets downfield and was the guy that, that was there to make the tackle. And I said, how is Kali Rashad, the, the, the intended receiver initially makes the tackle that wasn't called, then gets up right. off the ground and down the field and makes the tackle that was uh, called with the whistle, you know, once the whistle was finally blown. And by that the way, play. that was the play that I wasn't sure they were going to challenge. I was like, I don't think in this situation, Fred Shaw is going to use his challenge based on the score. And as I'm saying that, the ref came over and said San Antonio is challenging the rule on the play. It was good use of challenge, by the way. Yes. Um, Kimbe Kearney, a big, bright spot. Kali Rashad, always a playmaker. Um, but on a whole, a game as Gunslinger fans where you go, wow, I'm glad we got the win. But yeah, why? Why do you do this to me? Why do I age so much? I'll say Gunslinger's defense, add them to a big positive, which we already talked about. Uh, They were stout. Uh, The Warbirds didn't have an answer for them, uh, which is why I I feel like, you know, the the Gunslingers are definitely the better team. Um, And this was, I I won't disagree with Barnett, that there's, you know, a lot of of flute plays that had the score end up being what it was. And then, as James Palmer says, you can't discount Drew having the couple no. of deuces. Those were big. Right. It's nice to see Drew kicking deuces again. Um, and also, he was perfect on his uh, his uh, point afters. So, and we needed every one of those. We did. Michael Wayne Hi, Davis Michael says Wayne he Davis. counted 25 points given in turnovers and deuces. Oh, yeah. Uh, both of our kickers, both. Uh, Oh, yeah. Both of our kickers, uh, Drew Pearson, had a really solid game for the Gunslingers yet again. He's starting to put those together. Loving what I'm seeing from Drew. Kevin Didio Weber, also a really, really good. Hey, and his mom is here. Uh, Kevin Didio Weber, I'm glad you showed up right as I was talking about your son. He's not our guy, but he's an incredible kicker. Um, 
there are a lot of good kickers in this league. I think Drew is great. Yeah. Um, Marco Roscoe, I know that he's injured right now in Jacksonville. He's a good kicker. Uh, Kevin Didio Weber. Those three kickers are guys that, man, um, hard to say who's the best of those. Uh, Mark puts up the numbers. It's hard to argue with Mark being, uh, yeah, it's Mark, right? Orozco? Orozco, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Drew Weber, Drew, uh, not Drew Weber. I just put them together. Hey, Drew hey. Pearson, yeah. Kevin Weber, <laughs> Kevin Didio Weber. Just put them together. Um, have to say, I have to say it, but one more minute. This is Doris Weber. This is, this is Didio Weber's mom. Have to say it, one more minute on the clock and the result would have been different. Heck, one more play. And the result might have been different, but that's the way the game is played. Um, yep. You know. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Video Weber was a I, he was a great kicker, and he was frustrating me as a fan <laughs> of of the gunslingers, which is his as you know when you're being a doing your job the way you're supposed to. That, that he was just doing his job. I wasn't angry at him. I was just frustrated with him. Right. And then sure. where he was hushing the crowd, I thought uh, that was great, but that frustrated me even more where I'm like, no, 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 no. We're still here. We're yeah. still being loud. <laughs> We're not going to shut up because you're telling us to, but you know, his kicks did, did quiet the crowd down a little bit. So good sure, on yeah, him. He, 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 sure. he, he definitely did very, very well. RC. Yeah. I have a question for the kicker's mom or Weber. So after he would do a kick, he would do this thing like he was shooting an arrow. So I was wondering if maybe she might uh, shed some light on what that means. And RC has now invited her to type all of that out in, uh, <laughs> in, a, What's, in a Facebook I post. Saw him, I saw what? him do that. I saw yeah, him do that. Is Does he think he's like a superhero or <laughs> is that, you know, I don't know. But maybe well, she, one or two words, um, that would be great. I have a feeling, my guess is it has something to do with archery. You know, you hit the target and okay. as a kick. It's a small target, just like an archery. So he's equating his kick to hitting the target. Oh, would be like a, the green the bow, maybe? It could be. Kickers are heroes. Look, the week I before, know. over in West Texas, I believe the game was in West Texas, he kicked a 58, 56, I think it was, yard field goal in their game against Carolina. And when you stop and think about it, that is a 56-yard field goal on goalposts that are half as wide as Eight NFL yards. guys. Eight yeah. feet. Eight feet. Yeah. Um, man, that is an incredible feat to get that ball through. And they're not dealing with professional long snappers, professional holders, um, like these guys in the NFL and a 56 yard field goal for those guys is not a, a guarantee. Uh, Didio Weber knocked that through like it was nothing. It was a beautiful, I know. beautiful kick. Uh, Doris says she answers and says, I truly don't know either. Okay. <laughs> I assume it has to do with his love for Warbird airplane history. Love oh, it. That's interesting. Well, thanks uh, for he sharing, did. Mom. They said he had another field goal as they ended up uh, getting a touchdown. I believe that also in the same game. Um, Kevin Cecil checking in. Been a while since we heard from him. Yeah. I said, Philip, you Hello, did an awesome Kevin. job as an in-game coordinator. Leo, love the shirt. RC, thank you for always being so sweet. Oh, 
one. Thank you, Kevin. Kevin you. is uh, good friends with our OG3, with Hector and Jason and uh, and those guys. And uh, I'll just say we might be hearing more from them soon in nice. some way or another. Um, I've heard rumblings and rumors of something that uh, that those guys are putting together. We may... We may run into our old friends again yet sometime soon. Uh, and I'm kind of excited about that. It would be a neat thing. I don't want to, I don't want to spoil it here. Um, mm -hmm. But he knows what I'm talking about. And Leo knows what I'm talking about. And I think RC knows what I'm talking about, but I there's do. a good chance. He says he's being just as coy as I am. He says, stay tuned. <laughs> um, we'll do that, Kevin. I'm, I'm excited about what I've been hearing so far. Uh, be neat. Be neat to, uh, to see that come about if it ends up working out. So the gunslingers get away with the win. And that's really the way you can say it. Like, look, this, this was survival. This yeah. was escaping. Was close call. This was a close call. This was <laughs> that, this was the, uh, this was the movie where the hero at the end, because the gunslingers are the heroes because it's our show and we're gunslingers right. fans. This is this is the movie where the hero at the end is beat up and bruised and barely alive, but he still beat the bad guy because the Warbirds are the bad guy because this is our show. Um, <laughs> but he's not going to be like, it's going to take six months of intensive care, but you know what? You don't have six months. Nope. Because it turns out you got a game next week. And while you thought it was going to be against the Albany Empire, it's not. And now we get to start of transition into what might be the biggest story around the NAL the whole year until we get to championship week. And that is on Thursday of last week, the National Arena League surprised everyone by announcing they were discontinuing the membership of the Albany Empire. The Albany Empire is no more. It does not exist. A lot of you are listening to the show right now going, that's old news. Yeah, like we're not surprised. But there's somebody here that went, what? What's going on? And so we need to recap this because we haven't had an opportunity to tell you here on the Smoking Guns podcast what we know and what we don't. But the Albany Empire is no more. It's mm -hmm. gone. It yep. does not exist uh, for um, all intents and purposes as far as the NAL is concerned. They're no longer in the standings. They have been wiped away. So the question becomes, Leo, why? Why the, the Albany <laughs> Empire? Well, I think we I think we all can agree on who to attribute blame to on that situation. Now, what happened behind the scenes? You know, there's tons of stuff being you know, swirled around rumors and talked about online, but yeah, Antonio Brown, and, and we mentioned it at quite a few weeks back and, and we had, we've had, uh, we even had a, a fan that listens to the show, reach out to us and say, you guys nobody. called this a while back. You guys mm -hmm. called what was going to happen. We, we didn't necessarily call it, but we were worried about it because yes. um, things with AB just, Things that he's been involved with have, have not gone well as of late. But 
as uh, when we when we had the commissioner on the show, uh, Chris, he mentioned you know, AB with the Empire was better than no Empire. I, I so. I, I think know. it's interesting that you, you, that's exactly where I wanted to go. Cause we had Chris Siegfried, the, the commissioner of the NAL on this show just a couple of weeks ago. And we asked him about AB and we asked him for a fan uh, that had mentioned something on the show. Why don't you just get rid of that guy? And Chris's response was, why would I get rid of a guy, an owner that's taking care of his responsibilities? I think his exact words were, that are pay that is paying the bills. So then you say, well, two weeks later, three weeks later, they just kicked this guy out of the league. What happened for not paying the bills? For not paying, not the, paying bills. the bills. Chris Siegfried yeah. told you three weeks ago what it was going to take to get rid of this guy. It turns out that's exactly what he'd done. And here's what I've learned. And and I read, I didn't get this from anywhere special. I got it from reading a press release. Um, but some of you guys don't read press releases like I do because press releases are boring and I get that and I understand that. So let me, let me tell you what I know or tell you what I, I see. Uh, every month from April through the end of the year, the each team has to play and pay an assessment to the league. It, it covers the league's expenses basically. And each team is required for one seventh of that monthly assessment. AB made his payment in April. Had not yet made his payment for May. What date is it now? Or what date was it last week? Second week of June? June. Third week of June? June? Last week. It was like the third week in June, right? Second week, maybe? Maybe the second. So he had not, or he had paid in April. He had not Mm. yet paid in May. And then the NAL got word that he was challenging through his bank, his payment from April, and that his bank was crediting his payment back to him. So now not only did he not pay his May bill yet, he has now stolen his April mm-hmm. payment back. At that, in arrears. Yeah. at that point, at that point, he also went on uh, Albany local television and made some comments about how this was the last season for the Albany Empire in the NAL. He was getting his team out of this league and going somewhere else because they were awful. So my understanding is league ownership called an emergency meeting. And basically this is Philip just uh, editorializing here a little bit said, look, if he doesn't want to be here, we put up with a nightmare with this guy all the time and he's not even paying his bills, does anybody want to keep this guy around? And unanimously, all other teams said, present him with this this ultimatum. Make your payments by June 15th at noon or the team is gone. They received word from Antonio Brown, my understanding, is that we will not be making any payments. Oh, they also fined him $1,000 for his comments detrimental to the league. Uh, So it was about $21,000 is my understanding. He's got it. He has $21,000. That's not an issue for Antonio Brown. They said, take that payment and everything will be fine. 
He said, I'm not making the payment. They still allowed it to go all the way up to noon on the day of the payment. But when that payment was not made, the owners had already taken action unanimously to remove the empire from the league. Leo, RC, I don't know what else they could have done. I don't know what else the league is supposed to do. Um, Their hands are tied. Yeah. They, they don't have a choice. You're not paying your bills. You're saying awful things out in the world. You're destroying our brand week by week. You're making our brand in the NAL look like a joke. And right. we're, we're okay with putting up with all of that. And you're a quirky, weird guy and whatever, as long as you're paying your part. But the moment you stop paying your part, what are no we reason, doing this for? No right. reason to keep it around other than the, you know, the legacy of the franchise, but that, you know, who's, who's going to support that then the other owners. I mean, they, they've, they've got enough on, on their plates. So they really had no choice. They, right. I, I, that's, that's what I see here. I see that they did not have a choice. Um, right. And, you know, we, as our podcast, we do promote the gunslingers. We love the gunslingers, but we're also very league. Because we all know one or two teams can't sustain the league. And so we promote all of the teams, really. You know, if I could, I, we would do more. But having one team kind of being like a, like a fungus, we don't want that to grow uh, and destroy other teams <laughs> that are doing well. And to me, he's like a fungus. AB is a fungus. I like it. You heard That's it right. here first. AB That's is right. a fungus. Um, my, uh, my, um, mother-in-law used to say abc conversation and i would say what's that she goes abc your way out and that's what he did he saw his way out of this you know ab done seed his way out of that one that's um, right abc she would always say for sure doris has a couple of things to say here oh by the way she got your answer on your arrow he said okay he's shooting the arrow act it's from his favorite character of lord of the rings the great okay, archer legolas Legolas, Legolas, I love Legolas. He's my favorite character from uh, the mythology of the the Lord of the Rings. So um, I respect, I respect uh, him that much more now. That's that's awesome. James Palmer says a fungus might be an improvement. (laughs) (laughs) Now we're picking on a we're picking on a B and and deservedly so. Uh, but I do also, as you're bringing up comments here, there was one a little bit earlier from Johnny Salazar that I agree with 100% a little bit further up um, where we talked a little bit before the game on the subject. And he said his handlers, you know, his his, his promotional crew, the guys, his agents, whatever, handling um, his uh, PR guys, they need to be more concerned with his mental health instead of riding his coattails. Um there's a lot to that, and I, I'm one in the camp that thinks that there may be some uh, outstanding effects here from his playing days and taking, you know, one too many hits, and maybe he's not getting some, some you know, actual medical help right. attention that he needs. Michael Wade Davis wins the internet for the day. He says, <laughs> that guy referring to Kevin Didio Weber definitely has one hell of a leg. Or less. Like, I love it. <laughs> nice. Gotta love it. Love it. He wins the internet for the day. We've we've declared a winner on the internet today. You can all winner, log winner, off now. 
has been decided. Um, yeah, you're right. They There are guys out there that get so full of themselves that they cannot have someone around them that, that keeps them in check. AB is one of those guys. The guys around him, the people on him, will not tell him no, because if they do, he'll fire them. And and so there's nobody there to help him make good decisions. And so he has been incapable for a while now of making good decisions. Uh, that's true of his NFL career. Look, the guy should still be playing in the NFL. The guy is talented enough to still be playing at a high level in the NFL. The reason he's not is nobody wants to work with him because for whatever reason... He causes all kinds of drama, and Leo may be right. That may be go. That may be something from his his playing days. Could be. Um, that may be C- some sort of, of CTE or or mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I don't know. Right. I will say that he is. He has taken a two time, a back to back champion franchise, and in less than a season, run them into the ground where they are worth nothing. Yep. Rubble. Run them ground down into rubble. As you said, the empire has fallen. I've I've seen uh mm-hmm. I've seen that uh before from you, Philip. Hi, Douglas. Yeah, it's a shame. Yeah. Yeah, Doug White says sucks for the players from Albany just because of a crappy owner. Not their fault. He had a great team. He just blew it up. Mind is blown. What's crazy about all of this is all he had to do was come in pay the bills, let Tom Manos run the team because he got Tom Manos back. There's some speculation out there that that the first time Tom Manos was fired, it wasn't AB. It was actually Mike Corda, uh, the original owner of the Albany Empire that uh, fired Tom Manos. Aside from that, he brought Tom Manos back. He got him back into the fold. Mm-hmm. All he has to do is let Tom run the team Put his name on it so they sell a little more, a few more tickets because Antonio Brown is part of it and he's going to be there. And and you've got a championship level team, but he just could not do that. He could not let things work that way. And so now the NAL has and look, the NAL didn't want to do this. Not a right. single owner that unanimously voted to remove this team from the league. Wanted things to go this way. It's caused a logistical nightmare. I mean, for us, it affects every single team because who are we going to play next? What what are we going to do? Exactly. The whole league it affected, not just Albany. And that's what irritated me. And I know we've talked about it, you know, off the air. You know, we do all three talks. And when we first talked about it, I said, I feel bad for the players. Do you think we might get some of the players? Are they going to still, like, um, uphold the, the contract? We talked all about this off air. And at the end, I feel bad for the players. Absolutely. And the fans, and the fans, because they got cheated. You feel bad for the players. Uh, you, get, you get word on Thursday after the NAL has made this public that they are removing the team from the league. Players are getting locked out of hotel rooms Horrible. and have to find their way home on their own dime. All too often, we've seen that happen as um, you know fail as teams fail. We've seen this happen a few times. Um, it's rough. It's rough on them. And then you bring up you bring up another great point, RC. 
rough on the fans because what do they do? Like, what did they do? What did the fans do wrong? Uh, what could the fans have done to solve this problem? Mike Cuerta did not have enough money to pay his uh, workman's comp bills, from what I hear, and so he had to take on another owner. Eddie Brown used to play for the Albany Firebirds, and so they made a connection with Antonio Brown, and Antonio Brown said, I'll help you out. I want to be a part owner. And that's how he got into the door. That's how Avery starts this whole process. And then from there, it just, from that moment on, things became a nightmare. And what did the fans do wrong? Like, how did the fans, um, you know, I don't know, Leo. That's what hurts me. Like the players are rough guys having to get home on their own dime. All of that is rough, but I look at fans because that's what we are. And I go, man, what did they do? What did they do? How do they, how do you reconcile this? You know? Yeah. They supported their team. I mean, we can relate to how those guys are feeling with what, you know, happened to, to us with the AAF and the commanders in San Antonio, just from one week to the next. Um, it's definitely a, a, a very tragic story for a storied uh, franchise um, and has really caused a lot of challenges for the NAL um, for the remainder of the season. And as Michael Wayne Davis points out, um, it also uh, in effect, because some of those players, you know, the other teams were able to, you know, the contracts were terminated, they're free agents and and they were able to kind of uh, pick and choose through those and and uh, offer contracts to some of the other other franchises, and it's made them stronger. So that's one positive, I guess you take from it. I mean, the sharks, the predators, the warbirds are all better because they got te- they got great players from the Albany Empire that 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 were fired or released or left the Albany empire. Right. So that yep. if there's, if there's a positive, it's that there has been more uh, competition in this league throughout the league. Instead of all of those players being on one team, they have been spread out over three or four teams. Um, the only thing, I, I don't know. I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of whiplashed on, or I'm just kind of worn out talking about AB and Albany and the empire. It's a big deal. And I understand it's a big deal. And now we're going to get to talk about how the, all of this affects the gunslingers. I would like to point out that in week one, the Albany empire were on a buy in week two, they beat the Orlando predators. They were a championship team and they won a game. They were one and oh, Things did not start falling apart for the Albany Empire until week three. Do you know who they played in week three? San Antonio Gunslingers. Do you remember how that game ended? Mm, That was a close game, if I recall. But I don't remember the exact circumstances. (laughs) Yeah, that was one of those close games of the many close games our Gunslingers have won this season that we had said and have repeated that, you know, this, this team last year wasn't winning those games and this year they are. Kali Rashad caught a ball in the end zone as time expired. 
for a walk-off win. He quieted the crowd, if you'll remember correctly, uh, in Albany. That was the beginning of the end for Albany. We didn't know it at the time, but that was the that was the last best Albany um, Empire team there would be. They would lose again the next week to Carolina. And that is when uh, things really started to blow up. Uh, AB began to fire coaches and release players every week from that point forward. um, And things went on from there. But yes, uh, the last good, solid Albany Empire team that existed lost in the last second to the San Antonio Gunslingers, if I remember correctly. I'm almost certain that's right. Hmm. So we did it. We killed the Empire. No, we didn't. No. <laughs> no. We, did we were hoping we were going to get a chance to kill the Empire this week is what what yeah. the hope was, but that's, that's not what's happening. So let me tell you how cool this week was going to be. Yeah. Dream with me for a second. And realize that the San Antonio Gunslingers were about to welcome the Albany Empire to the Freeman Coliseum. Yeah. That, that's really cool. Right? Mm-hmm. Really cool. Yeah, of course. Even cooler for their fight against the Empire, the evil Empire. It would have been Star Wars night. Yeah. Well, it's still going to be Star Wars it's night, right? It's still going to be. But it is. without it's still the be same Star Wars effect. <laughs> it doesn't quite have the same ring to it. Yeah. It feels in some weird way. Um, I don't know. Just like it. It doesn't feel the same. Well, you know what it's in- like now? It's like uh for I'm I'm gonna show my age here, but uh-uh. uh back in the days I think even before Star Wars or right no it was maybe right after Star Wars because there were a lot of B in the you know late seventies early eighties there were a lot of B sci-fi movies that were being made and one of them was I think Battle Beyond the Stars and had a kind of a a cowboy um theme the main character was like a, a you know a, a kind of a a cowboy guy in, in, a, in a spaceship and there was another guy that was actually a cowboy that had his mm-hmm. own spaceship and and it was a, a group of seven uh guys defending this these this uh race of people or whatever i'm, I'm being a geek here you know uh from this evil empire like sounds, uh, sounds very seven samurai like that were yes it was it was a uh a sci-fi take on the seven samurai. So um, well known for that battle beyond the stars. So it's, it's kind of like a Western showdown, but it's in space. <laughs> well, just, I, I kind of want to talk about hair for all of the females. Males can do it too. It doesn't really matter. Um, I was talking to Kimmy Nelson and we decided her and I that, and I'm going to push it. That the ladies, females, whoever wants to wear their hair like Princess Leia. So we're all going to have the two little pom-poms and like Princess Leia for next week's game. I like that idea. I think that's a great idea. Philip, you look confused. Pom-poms? I don't well, know if they're Princess called pom-poms, Leia, but... Well, they have yeah. how they wear their hair in two little buns and it's kind of curled like that. 
Yeah, like somebody like should look it up the picture. Yeah, like Cinnabon. Alex Alex McSwain calls them space buns. I like that. Space okay, buns. I like space bum. Anyway, we're all <laughs> going to be wearing our hair the same way. Because next week is Star Wars. Even though it's not with whoever we play against, we're going to go with that theme. And the game, I believe, starts at 5.30 instead of 6. I know you mentioned that it was going to be no. at 6 o'clock. No, it's 5.30? It's 6. No. Okay. 6 o'clock. Okay, I was just reading off the program, and it said 5.30, but okay. And then it, 530, 530 is when all the pregame uh, festivities begin to well, start. Well, yeah. get there anyway. You should get there early. And then the first 500 fans, are they still going to get a free lightsaber? Yes. Do you know if that's still accurate? Yeah. That was what was yes. advertised yes. at the game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is cool. Lightsabers. Yeah. Awesome. I wonder if they're going to make the lightsaber noise too when you, when you wave them back and forth. That would be even cooler. So there's some that do that. I heard, I heard from Jordan Steubing today. I'll read you exactly what he told me because I want to make sure I don't oversell this. And if it's coming from me, you'll be like, he told me these were going to be cooler. This is exactly what comes from the team directly. Okay. We are giving away 500 lightsabers, and they're actually nice toy lightsabers. They turn three different colors and have sound effects. Woo! I love it. Very cool. Nice. Very cool. Very cool. First 500. Again, that would be 530 game at 6. But if you want to come for the lightsaber, I definitely get there early. And that wear case. your hair in the space buns. Male or female, doesn't matter. If you got the hair, <laughs> do it. Yeah, I mean, Alex McSwain wants to see Philip in the space yeah, buns. Philip uh, <laughs> may have some trouble with that. Why? What are y'all trying to say? I'm just say saying. It. Say no, it. I won't. Go ahead. You're going to have no, trouble with it. the space buns. That's what I'm, I'm saying. I'm picturing you right now without the bar going across your headset and just saying <laughs> that's what those space buns would look like. <laughs> oh, I, I've been looking for this for the last few minutes. I hope it, uh, I hope it does justice. Oh, now it's too small. Uh, maybe it'll play. Uh, here, this is one of my favorite Star Wars memes, and it goes along great with your hair night or whatever you're calling this. Space um, Your space buns. I'm trying to get to the stream. Why is it not there? Why is it not there? I don't see it. Give me a second. There we go. Cinnabons, he says. That's it. That's what your hair looks like. Cinnabons. <laughs> sort of. Well, we know what we're talking about. Everyone. Um, have their hair like Princess Leia. Now, I'm going to go back to the game because Leo was there with me when there was a player that fell down and his pants fell down. And poor coach was like, I don't know what to do. Remember that, Leo? Um, Yeah, I remember him falling over. I was worried that maybe he had hurt his knee because uh, that was um, uh, Jamar King. Yes. Uh, who had barely missed a, a sack in the end zone. It would have been not a sack. It would have been a safety. And just by the shoestrings, uh, missed his diving tackle. Um, if his pants fell, I missed that part of it. That could have been part of what uh, happened as he Why went down he to the it. ground. And I saw him <laughs> reaching up for his knee. And my first thought was, oh, no, I hope he didn't hurt his knee. 
there was some concern and, and coach uh, Shaw came running over to him. And then it turned out it was a, a, a cramp. And I talked to Jamar after the game and he said he was good. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm glad it was just a cramp because the way you reach at that knee, I was concerned for just a second there. And Coach Shaw was like, I didn't know what to do, <laughs> which is kind of well, – we were been, laughing. At that time, the team was up yeah. by, you know, 30 points. So it we were just matter. having a good time in the end zone. But uh, it might have been lot, the ladies that I was with because we were like, ooh, underwear. <laughs> I missed that part. A little th- you must have missed it. We caught it. You must have yeah. missed it. No, I wasn't, I wasn't looking. <laughs> oh, okay. A, a lot did happen what? in that end zone, though, that some creative stuff. Uh, yes, maybe too much. Michael Wayne Davis on Facebook bemoaning the fact that he don't have hair. Hey, join the club, brother. I'm sure join there's a wig the out there. Club. Yeah, Johnny mentions Kyle everyone. going down was a scare, and I have not oh. heard an update on on Kyle uh, Chandler and his uh, what he's looking like. So uh, I don't know if uh, if anybody knows, but when he went down on, I believe it was it a was uh, kickoff return. He went down pretty hard, and, and it was a scary moment for sure. We don't like to see players on either team no. uh, get get injured, no. Did anyone see the picture with Bain that he was standing up? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we shared that on our page. Yeah. Great news. Thank God. You know, that was good. Actually, uh, RC, you shared that on our page twice. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it was big no, news. It, we're, we're, we're really excited that Jonathan Bain, he was wearing a uh, collar, um, yeah. but yeah. And, he, and he is in a wheelchair, but he was able to uh, stand up and be at the game in Orlando, which was a big deal. Good to see Jonathan Bain. Um, I have I have chatted back and forth with him. He still asks for your prayers. Um, he does uh, feel, he, he's got feeling in all of his extremities, which he's very excited about. Um, he did mention that he doesn't know when or if he'll be able to play football again. So just continue Mm -hmm. to be in prayer for Jonathan and everything that he's going through. Uh, let's circle back around to star Wars night. All right. Jordan, I know I've seen it. Uh, I'll, I'll try to share it here in a minute, but I got something else queued up. So you're going to get a lightsaber first 500 people in the door. It's a good lightsaber. I've got a picture of one. I'll, I'll shoot it to you. I'll get it up here in a second, but. For those of you that just love the amazing fan jerseys Jordan puts here, seems like every week, right? Mm-hmm. Every week we get a new jersey that everybody's like, ooh, I need that one. Two yep. weeks ago it was this. Two games ago it was this. Last week, and I saw a bunch of them in the uh, Freeman Coliseum, the yellow and black. And black. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very uh, cool. 2A, you got one of those, right, Leo? I did, yes. Love it. If you are a Star Wars fan, and if Uh-oh. you're not, even if you're not, you may want to hold on to your wallet for the next few minutes. Because <laughs> I've got another I got another one for you. I don't have another it. one has another one for you. He's you so ready. Creative. I'm ready. Drum roll. For the Wild West Showdown. In space, these are your fans that will be available at the merch booth. You seeing that? 
There it is. Oh, love it. Amazing. The San Antonio Gunslingers Star Wars Night fan jersey. Uh, you've got your gunslinger and your rebel helmet with the crossed guns underneath his eyeballs, just like our logo. And then on the back, you've got May the Deuce Be With You. Love it. There it is. It's beautiful. As soon as I opened my phone, uh, Jordan sent this to me last week, and I opened my phone and looked at it, and $45 flew out of my wallet. <laughs> just flew out. I, I had to run Magical. it down and catch it. Um, it just popped out of my wallet as soon as I saw it. Um, he's got a 3X sitting aside already for me because I like him a little roomy. Um, he's got a 3X sitting aside for me. I sure hope. Make sure you set that aside for me. Um, there you go. Love it. So creative. Yep. Another Bye great. Now. Great design from Jordan Studing and, and the crew. Absolutely amazing. Love the rebel theme. Mm -hmm. So the the gunslingers are definitely the rebels in this fight. I mean, we are. We would have been more. Uh, this would this would have made even more sense. Sense. If it was Albany. If it Empire. If it was Albany and we were fighting the Empire. Like, it would have made just a little more sense. Yeah. But still a spectacular-looking jersey. Jordan does such great work. I think you might have a future in this, brother. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely getting one, that's for sure. Yep. For sure. Kevin Cecil says, Who can I Apple Pay or Venmo? Because I will be at work for that game. Uh... I'll uh, I'll reach out to you, Kevin. We'll see if we can figure that out. Maybe you can get that to me, and I can pick you one up, ship it over to you. James Palmer wants a Batman themed one. Now we've got requests. Oh wow! Now people are out there making requests. I could do I could do a superhero. <laughs> you see my room, right? I I have enough stuff to do a superhero one. Right. I do comic. So the gunslingers. Have... So the gunslingers will welcome in. West Texas Warbirds. It is uh, the Wild West showing all over again. Wild West showing in space. Uh, Leo, I told you this earlier today as the schedule was getting finalized for this week. And uh makes you a little nervous, doesn't it? I am nervous. I am. Um, and again, touching on what we talked about earlier when, uh, when Philip Barnett chimed in and said the game wasn't as close as a score. A lot of weird things just happened. You know, we're fluke plays. I don't disagree. But as you, Philip, have said many times on this show, it is extremely difficult to beat a team three times in a season. So, yeah. I mean, we, we, we talked about it with, with Jacksonville, where it's like you almost rather take the loss during the season because the next time we'd play them would be in the championship game. Um uh, and it's extremely difficult to beat a, a team and especially a, a tough team, like, you know, resilient team, like the Warbirds have proven to be. And right. now we don't have to beat them three times, but four times. And I say have to because. Um, no, it's just three, three. Okay. We but played, I, I, I played them twice and then we've got one coming up oh, this gotcha, week gotcha. and we don't know what the rest of the schedule. Gotcha. Is gonna look gotcha. Like, so. Um, 
but but I say it's it's a must win because we've got Jacksonville breathing down our necks as far as the standings with the gunslingers. So every game you gotta kind of to stay in the driver's seat to control your own destiny. You, you, every game is a one and zero, just like just like Coach Shaw's philosophy and Always. the team's yeah. match has been one and zero each mm-hmm. week. It, it really needs to be just so that they can control their own destiny when it comes to the the playoffs. Now, let me tell you, this week, the schedule has come out, and and only for week 12. We don't know what the rest of the schedule is looking like. They're making all of those arrangements. Albany leaving causes a headache. It does. Yes. It just does on every level for every team. Uh, And so they're figuring out what that looks like. But what we know is week 12. Well, here's what we know about week 12. We will play West Texas here. Mm -hmm. Jacksonville will play Carolina in Jacksonville on Monday night. What that means, Gunslingers fans, look, we can only do what we can do. We can only take care of what we can take care of. We need to beat West Texas. Of course. To stay in that driver's seat. But Carolina's ticked off right now. They lost to Orlando this week in a game they should not have lost. They're mad, and they're going up against Jacksonville, and they're a team that could conceivably beat Jacksonville. We're not talking about uh, West Texas. We're not talking about Albany. We're talking about uh, Carolina. And Carolina has some pieces. And if they play a really good game, they can beat Jacksonville. Okay. There's an opportunity here for the gunslingers to open up this lead a little bit. If they take Mm -hmm. care of business, and then we all need to be Carolina Cobra fans next Monday night. I could do that. That game goes off. Okay. I'll say Philip, take that entire uh, paragraph you just said. And where you said Carolina say West Texas Warbirds and where you said Jacksonville put in San Antonio and the statement would still be true. Mm-hmm. I don't feel that way. And here's why. Uh, I know that you're worried about West Texas. I've said all season long, West Texas, as they get down toward the end of the season, is going to be very much like the gunslingers last year. People are going to be afraid to see them at the end of the season because they're a team that can bite you. But here's what I learned this week. When the gunslingers play the game like they know how to play, like they can, like they're capable of, mm-hmm. if they do that for two halves, this isn't even close. It isn't even close. Well, that's what we said this past game. Not disagreeing. Not disagreeing. Uh, you know, I just, I just, uh, I'm waiting to see it from the gunslingers, the full game. I'm still waiting to see it. I believe that this is, this is the, I'm hoping this was the wake up call that they needed. Um, you know, we had a wake up call against Jacksonville, but it felt like, um, it felt like when maybe we needed another one. You're right. It's really hard. I say it all the time. It's hard to send to your time. That's what's um, but but honestly, if the gunslingers play football the way they're capable of, not this is not a slam on West Texas. I think the gunslingers are this good. They play the mm-hmm. game like they're capable of, and it's not even close. And that's not because the gun the warbirds are a bad team. That's just because. This is a really talented football team yes. that has not lived up to his potential uh, over the last few weeks. 
Yes, I agree. Uh, so Coach Shaw's got to figure out how to get that working. Uh, and you just got to do your job. Everybody needs to do their job. And That's true. Speaking of jobs, what was the fans' job? Was to come out and support. Does anyone know our attendance for this last game on Father's Day? Weekend? Yeah, I have the number. Let me look it up. Talk amongst yourselves. So All while right. you're looking that up, I will say uh, there were new faces at the game. I, I said from the beginning, this felt, I, I don't know if it was the, the highest attended game of the season, but I think there was more energy inside Definitely. the Freeman Coliseum for this game than there had been uh, pre- prior to uh, this game any in any game this season. There it was there was a, a an energy you could feel, palpable energy, especially when the gunslingers were up and everything was going their way. It was exciting because we thought this was going to be that that statement game that we've been wanting to see. Um, and uh, there were new faces. I personally, you know, uh, from my family, invited some people and, and had some people come out, and they had a great time for their first game. Uh, one of those things I mentioned earlier about one of the odd things that happened in the end zone um, was a, a play where the the uh, West Texas Warbirds had too many uh, guys on the field. Oh yeah, that was um, funny for for uh, the kickoff, and so they got they ended up getting a penalty called for them, but they uh, very creatively tried to avoid that call. One of the players, as they realized there were too many, they counted amongst themselves and they were yelling at each other. And the guy that was closest to the wall literally just dove and jumped (laughs) over the wall into the section where we're at and, and nearly knocked over my (laughs) sister-in-law. And, and she was like, he just like practically jumped into my lap. And I said, you should have pushed him back over, (laughs) pushed him back into the field of play. So there would have been no doubt because there was a little bit of a of a uh, conversation there for a while among the officials before they made the call for illegal substitution, but that was funny. The people that I knew that were there for the first time, Jay Washington included, our patron who came down all the way from Austin and joined us there. Um, Thank you, yeah, uh, they had a great time. Oh, and that cowbell that Jay Washington is talking about for those that are watching live and see his comment, energy was from my cowbell. He brought the most ginormous cowbell i've ever seen i mean it's like huge a lot bigger than the cowbells that we have and he took that thing out and started shaking and i just to hear a couple of rings i felt i felt almost sorry for the fans that were going to be seated around him (laughs) man was it loud yep and during the time the game i took 72 pictures that's how many all of them were grouped all of them were grouped and everyone was super excited. I'm like, can I take a picture for the podcast? Yeah, sure, sure. Love it, love it. So the energy was very high. I would agree with Leo. Very, very high. And I hope if you see those pictures, tag yourself in them. We'd love to get to know you more. Better. Better? Hey, uh, Jordan Stubing needs some information there, Jay Washington. He needs to know where he got that from. And since he does a lot of the merch for the team, I think there may be a specific reason he's asking that. So uh, <laughs> let Jordan Stubby know where you got that at. He might that be that big old cowbell. That would be in, something. Uh, in making some of that happen. I do not have the attendance number. I thought I had it, and it happened to be West Texas number from the week before. Oh. Um, okay. So I don't have I, – I've sent a message 
over to James Steubing to see if he can give me an attendance number, but I don't know where we were at. It felt like a good crowd. I mean, it was still mm-hmm. smaller than I want it to be. Yeah. I would love to see the crowd be bigger. However, there was a lot of energy. My my wife and two of my it. daughters and yeah. uh, my mother-in-law made it out to the game. And then my wife's cousin from uh, the Northeast area uh, happened to be in San Antonio. They all came out to the game, but... They only caught the second half or some of the second half. The reason is they got stuck at Texas Roadhouse. And if you've ever been to Texas Roadhouse, um, you know that you can be there a little longer than you mean to be there. I think it has something to do with the roles. But, what I was going to say. But Texas Roadhouse has become a partner of the San Antonio Gunslingers. Yeah. So while they were at Texas Roadhouse eating their meal, they were able to watch the first half on TV at Texas Roadhouse in Live Oak. That's, That's awesome. amazing. The game was on TV. They didn't ask for it. They didn't. They didn't request it. It was just there um, on the on the TV there at Texas Roadhouse. So what that says to me is, if you're a Gunslinger fan and you love your San Antonio Gunslingers. Next time you're going out to dinner and you're like, where do we want to go? You want to go to Texas Roadhouse because they support your gunslingers. Yep. So you go support them. By the way, the food is amazing. The food is so oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> the rolls. So, attendance, would... Jordan Steuben says 2,200. Okay. I think it needs to be better. More, right? It's better. It needs to be huh? better. We can get better. We can do yeah. better. That 2200, the energy in that building, it felt like a lot more. But I, you know, I believe that I believe the number. I think people were just having a great time and loud and loud and raucous. Uh, But we could do better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Did we have a new mascot out there? The butter is good. Johnny Salazar, that butter is so done good. That was not our mascot. That was actually a mascot from Texas Roadhouse. That's right. Armadillo. Yep. Yep. Yeah, he was great. He was passing out free. If you see him, you need to go up to him. If you didn't get it from this first game around, because he's passing out uh, little cards that are free appetizers, and the appetizers are good. So uh, you definitely want to grab those. Appetizers, food, the 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 appetizers good. The food's amazing. Texas Roadhouse is the bomb. Loli says. They don't sponsor the show, folks. We got to stop talking about how much, <laughs> how good they are. They don't give us no money for this show. Um, I'll so... just get some coupons. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Texas Roadhouse. They're awesome. Sponsor the show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or just give us Alex bread and McSwain. butter. I'll take bread and butter. <laughs> Alex McSwain says, I'll hunt down that armadillo next time. Do that because he's mm-hmm. got the good stuff. He's got the good stuff. Uh oh, he uh, uh Jay Washington says that cowbell ironically was made by some people out in West Texas. Mm. I'll definitely ask the people who made them tomorrow morning. So that's a special job. That's a custom job. That's pretty impressive. Uh, really neat. Really we'll neat thing. George Stubing, those peanuts were fire too. Yes, the peanuts are good. The mm. Peanuts were good. Texas Roadhouse is amazing. You mentioned sponsor the show. It doesn't have to be cash. They could just give us food. Right. I'll take bread and butter. Bread and butter. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got no problem with getting some uh, vouchers for a steak at Texas Roadhouse. Closest one to me is in Victoria. That's an hour away. I'd drive an hour for some Texas Roadhouse. I'll tell you right now, I will drive an hour for it. So, how nervous are you, Leo, on a scale of 1 to 10? 7. Wow. 7. You're really worried. I'm more Arvel, than eight. Please fix what's 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 wrong. I I I I am not calling for any for, I'm not calling for coach Shaw to bench Arvell. That's not what I want to happen. Right. I want Arvell to fix whatever's wrong and I'll feel a lot better. But you you mentioned, you know, earlier about Carolina being being mad. Um I think West Texas is going to be is pretty mad right now about losing that game, letting that get away from them. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure um, they are. Yeah, it's good a football team. Don't worry. I, I, I will, I'll be a lot worried? less nervous if if Arvell fixes whatever's going on um, with that deep ball. And and for those of you like like we mentioned over and over again, and and I'll repeat it: we're not we're not hating. We're not we're not calling for any kind right. of change or no. anything like that. For those of you that watch us regularly, and, and most of you guys are regulars here that that, that join us all every week, and we appreciate it. You know. That just a couple weeks ago, we were talking about how there was uh, something wrong with uh, with Drew Pearson. We were sitting here saying, you know, there's something wrong. What's what's wrong with Drew? We have concerns. And since then, he's been killing it. So maybe this is just we're trying to have that same thing happen. You know, as sports fans, we're we are also, uh, you know, superstitious. So we're trying to send some of that same juju over Arvell's way um, and, and have him just have a couple of phenomenal games to follow up the, the smoking guns podcast saying there's something wrong with Arvell. That's what's going on here. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I'm not as, I'm not as worried as you are at all simply because I know that we're better than we played at the end of that game. And I know they know we're better. They being West Texas they being the gunslingers, um, I think everybody on the field knew that that comeback was a fluke. Yep, I said it. It was a fluke. That's not going to happen again. It's just not going to happen again. Everything falling exactly right for West Texas to be able to put up that kind of point, those kind of points on the gunslingers. It's not going to happen again. Can't. That's true. And uh, Johnny. Johnny Salazar makes a great point here. Say we were down both Darius Banks and Justin Alexander that game. Very, very valid points. Two key players on that defense. That defense, the problem wasn't the defense, though. No. The problem was not the defense. The defense was phenomenal. Nope. Doris Weber. I love it. We will see. Yes, we will. But I'm just saying, I, I believe in the gunslingers. And I believe they're just the better team. There's some really good pieces in West Texas. Uh, There's some great things about that team. I will be scared of them next year. This rivalry will be a big deal next year, but if the gunslingers play the game, the way they're capable of, this isn't even close. It's just not. 
their backup quarterback and Trayvon Shorts were game changers. What's funny about that is the backup quarterback, that was Gandy. Michael Wayne Davis saving that. Gandy is actually uh, a uh, a wide receiver d- defensive back. And I'm wondering, Leo, maybe you can help. Is that part of the reason that the defense began to allow some things to happen that they don't normally allow to happen? Uh, we've talked before about the quarterback, the starting quarterback, the guy you've game planned for going out and somebody completely different coming in or the offense having to change in a big way and that creating an issue, they weren't set up for Jordan Gandy. They weren't set up for this wildcat sort of offense that Jordan Gandy was going to have to run. Do you think maybe that was part of what allowed the West Texas offense to, to, to get a couple over on this gunslinger defense? I think it was definitely part of it. You know, you, you have a, you have a game plan um, and you go and execute and then it changes and you have to adjust. And there's, there's always a period of adjustment that you're not going to be running on all cylinders until you kind of figure things out. So definitely that was part of it. One thing I want to say, because we, we talked about this earlier on the snow, probably before Jordan uh, joined us. Uh, but we, we speculated or someone asked, do you think the team maybe got comfortable and let off the gas? And our assumption was no. Philip, you said it. You said, I don't think that's what happened. And I didn't disagree with you, but Jordan's right there. He's right there on the sidelines. He's right there with the players and the uh, the coaches, and 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 he seems to think that that we did let off the gas a little bit and learned a lesson, and that won't be happening again. So if that, we did, that could be something too. If we did, if there's any part of this team, uh, and it doesn't even have to be the old te- the whole team at that point. If there's any part, any um, unit or even a couple of players that's like, ah, we got this in hand. I- I'm going to goof off a little bit. I'm going to have fun with the rest of this game. I sure hope they were paying attention to what happened. Don't do that again. Yeah. Oh. You barely escaped against West Texas. You do that crap against Carolina or uh, Jacksonville, and you're going to lose. Exactly Big the time. same outcome. No. You barely got away with it in West Texas, against West Texas. You do that against some of these other teams and they will make you pay for it. No game is out of reach in the arena. Uh, There's just too many opportunities to score and things can happen too quickly. No game is ever out. Uh, Jim Renee says pressure does some amazing things in a game. Jim and I have been talking. Jim and I. Jim and I? Jim and I. uh, I've been talking. I like that. And he tends to believe that when there is no pressure, gunslingers don't want you to hear this. This comes from Jim. Jim, you tell me if I'm misquoting you, by the way. When there's no pressure on the gunslingers and they're loose, they play fine. When pressure ratchets up, they get tight and start making mistakes. Did you hear that, gunslingers? That's what other people say. That's what they're seeing about you. I know you guys listen. I know you guys watch. I know that you're paying attention. That is the story. He he confirms that's exactly what he thinks. Yep. So there you go. When nothing, when nothing is on the line, you guys are loose and having fun and you're playing just fine. But when the pressure ratchets up, you get yippy. That's what people think of you. 
offensive lineman sucking wind a little bit there? You think getting – I've seen a couple of comments now. Uh, the latest one uh, was, uh, I believe, from Johnny uh, Salazar, I think, in the comments. But I know I saw something earlier, too, where, uh, you know, tired offensive lineman is uh, contributing um, to that pressure. Yeah, I know Doug White said something about that. I'm kind of looking for it right, for it right now. But he said something about the line getting tired. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would know he's connected uh, pretty close to some of those guys um, yep, on the line. So, yeah. but I just need to point out that is, that is, that is the story on the gunslingers right now. And I'm not even, uh, I, I will say, I see how Jim sees it that way. I don't think I agree with him. Mm-hmm but I understand where he's coming from and where he gets his analysis because he's, mm-hmm. he's an analyst for this league. He pays attention to watches and knows a lot about this brand of football. Um, I understand where he is getting his analysis from. I don't agree with him. I don't think, but I certainly see what he sees that would lead him to that conclusion. So coach Shaw, um, Arvell Nelson, uh, you leaders in the locker room, uh, maybe you want to you want to let the rest of the guys know that hey, here's the story on us. According to other people, um, we can't handle the pressure. I don't think that's true. I think you need to show some people that's not true. I think yeah. you need and to come can, out and show some people that's not the case. They can tell us, and they can tell us what they think in the comments. They can message the show and say, "Hey, we want to jump in, and we've got something to say, and we can mm-hmm. we can always bring you guys in." That that's happen. that's any week, you know, tonight or any any time there's a show. We definitely want to hear from you guys, you know, uh, what your thoughts are. You don't have to agree with what the fans are saying or what we what we're saying. Um, we're just fans, you know, talking about what we see and wondering about what's going on um, with the team that we we love and support. So. We love interactions. We do. Uh, speaking of interactions, there are some opportunities for folks to interact with gunslingers, not only the players on the field, but the six shooters. Uh, there's yeah. a couple of camps coming up, right, RC? That's right. So the San Antonio six shooters have a youth dance and cheer camp. So at the six shooter youth dance and cheer camp, participants will spend the day learning techniques from and doing crafts with their talented six shooter uh, cheer team. At the end of the camp, each age group will know one dance routine and one cheer chant that they will perform for friends and family. The six shooters will also perform at the show-off. So when is it? I know you're dying to know. Well, it's July 15th from 10 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. The show-off begins at 2, and the cost is $100 per child. And you know us, you know the guns, uh, you know the Smoking Guns podcast. We will sponsor a girl. Um, where is it going to be at? It's going to be at the St. Gerard Athletic Center at 521 South New Braunfels Avenue. And what does it include? You're asking? Cheer camp shirt, a pizza party, crafts and games, and photo with the Six Shooters team. So how to sign up? So you can either go to the San Antonio Gunslingers.com. Or email April Stubing at April at San Antonio Gunslingers dot com. Now, this is the important thing. You're asking yourself, 
Well, is my daughter too young? Well, I'll tell you the different age groups. So there's a petite um, age group for ages four to six, elementary school ages seven to 10, middle school 11 through 13, and high school from 14 to 18 years old. So if you have daughters anywhere between those ages and nowhere in here does it say it has to be a female. So I guess boys too are welcome to attend. Um, and so again, ages four to six is the petite, ages seven to 10 is the elementary, ages 11 to 13 is the middle school, and ages 14 to 18 is the high schoolers. Again, the cost is $100. It's going to be July 15th from 10 a.m. to 1.30. It's going to be at St. Gerard's Athletic Center. And again, you can sign up uh, contacting the SanAntonioGunslingers.com or April Stubing at April at SanAntonioGunslingers.com. So... If I was a little younger, they didn't put 55 and plus. So um, I guess I'm out. I guess I'm out. <laughs> one thing one thing I love, Ralph uh, Judkins brought this up as we were getting ready for the game, is uh, I, I don't want to disparage other cheer teams or dance teams in the National Arena League. I will just say um, I would have no problem with my daughters learning and spending time with these Ladies, um, the dance routines are not um, risque or uh, something that I wouldn't want my daughter doing. Um, I, I would love to have her. In fact, I'm considering um, having her. I've got an 11 year old daughter that would hey. love to spend the day um, with some cheerleaders. I think she would have a blast with that. Um, so I'm considering maybe making that an opportunity for Elizabeth. And uh, I think she would really enjoy that. And I would have no issue whatsoever. There are some of the dance teams around the NAL that as I watch broadcasts, I'm like, yikes, that's a little much for me. Yeah. Now, I'm a pastor in the middle, you know, in, in the deep part of Texas, in a pretty conser- I'm a pretty conservative guy. So there, I take issue maybe with more things than, than more people take issue with. Uh, RC mentioned a great, great part of that. That is uh, that if you have a girl, um, or guy, I guess you're right. Uh, it doesn't say that females only. Um, and and the only thing that would keep them from being a part of that uh, that camp is the money. Uh, reach out. Reach yep. out to the San Antonio. Uh, I'm sorry, not to the San Antonio. Well, I mean, reach out to the Gunslingers. Get your spot. But as far as sponsorship, we will sponsor. The Smoky Guns podcast will sponsor uh, a child for the cheer camp. We do that through Patreon. I've got more information about Patreon in a few minutes. Uh, first, we need to also talk about uh, the sports camp, the football camp, summer football camp. They've had one already right. this season, last week, June 12th through the 15th. They've got another one coming up next week, June mm-hmm. 26th through the 30th. That's right. It is also at St. Gerard's. Mm-hmm. Train with professional players and coaches from our local pro football team, the San Antonio Gunslingers, to level up your football skills. Your young athlete will be welcomed into an energetic, fun learning environment where they will have the opportunity to grow their skills, meet new friends, and have a great time. It's $125 to participate. Uh, Same sort of um, process to get signed up. You reach out to the Gunslingers or reach out to April. They're at April at San Antonio Gunslingers.com. And did I get that right? Yep. 
and uh, and they can be a part of that uh, football camp. Again, if you have a child that would love to participate, the only thing that would keep them away from doing that is the $125. You need to reach out to the show. Uh, the Smoking Guns podcast, that's smoking, no G, guns with a Z, P-O-D. Uh, it's becoming a thing. Uh, yep. And we'll talk more about that in a minute. But uh, reach out to the Smoking Guns podcast either here on Facebook or you can email the show at smokinggunspod at gmail.com. We can also, uh, you can get a hold of us that way or message us here on the show, uh, on the Facebook page. Either way, uh, we would love to sponsor a child for each of those camps. Reach out to us and, uh, and connect with us. Um, cool stuff that the gunslingers are doing, not just on game day, but outside of game day with camps for the kids, um, the six shooters and the gunslingers that that's a lot of fun aside from the heat. Um, but they're going to keep them hydrated. I'm sure. Oh yeah. Out there at St. Gerard. <laughs> yeah. They're professional athletes. They know <laughs> for sure. Uh, you may wonder, and I think it's fair if you do, how can the San Antonio, or how can the Smoking Guns podcast afford to sponsor these kids for $100 camps uh, and $125 camps? Well, that's because we have uh, a Patreon. We have some patrons that join with us every week. As we get ready to get on our mics, the three of us, there is a group of people behind us that you never see or hear from that do great things um, for our, our podcast. They support us uh, financially through our Patreon. We have several different levels, a $5 level, a $10 level, a $20 level. And uh, in the midst of that, we've started making some opportunities available for those people that are our patrons. What kind of opportunities, you may ask, RC? You do may tell. ask, do what tell. kind of opportunities? Do tell, do tell. Uh, let me share this with you because it just popped up on Facebook as we've been doing the show today. This went out on the Gunslingers Facebook page because they take, care, take great care of us. It is a nice little setup that tells you let me see if I can make that any bigger. The Patreon benefits for being a part of the Smoking Guns podcast. You get at home games the opportunity to skip the merch line. There's a right Smoking there. Guns sign at the merch booth. You walk up, you wave them down, and you say, hey, uh, I need one of those Star Wars jerseys. I'm one of the patrons of the Smoking Guns podcast. And they check your name, make sure you're not lying to them. And then they go and get your Star Wars jersey. And all those suckers that are still standing in line, you get to bypass all of those. They're not suckers. They're great people. They're just not patrons of ours. Um, and you get merch line skip. Also, mm -hmm. you get reserved promotional items at home games. That's right. Like lightsabers. If you're not one of the first 500 people in the building, you won't get a lightsaber. But if you're a patron of the Smoking Guns podcast, they're going to set some aside for you. They're going to have one ready for you because you support the show that spends all of our time and all of our energy uh, doing 
good work for the the gunslingers. They've decided to offer these opportunities to our patrons. If that's something that you are interested in, if you want to help support our show and you would like to, you know, take advantage of these uh, benefits, you can be part of our Patreon Patreon group as well. You need to go to patreon.com slash smoking guns pod. How does that work? It's smoking, no G, guns with a Z, P-O-D, all one word. And you can sign up there at the $5, $10, or $20 level. And you can be a part of the show. Um, there will probably be some sort of limit on how many people we could do this with because they can't spend mm-hmm. all their time fulfilling our Patreon members. So at some point, we're going to hit our head on a limit here. You want to be under that limit if that's stuff that until you're interested then. in being a part of. But until then, you can sign up and you can help us support the show. Where do we? What do we do with that money? We pay our bills as a show. We have hosting fees. We have software fees. We have some hardware that we have to buy every now and then. And then we take the extra and we pour it into the uh, the the smoking uh, to the uh, gunslingers community. When there's mm-hmm. a camp coming up and we want to sponsor a kid, we have the ability to do that. When uh, you know all of those kind of events and opportunities become possible for us to be a part of because of the generous support of our patrons. We want to connect the community with the podcast to the gunslingers to the league. And Jim Renee says, that's so cool. Congrats. Thanks. Thank yeah. you. We really like everything that the gunslingers are letting us do or, or letting us be yeah. a part of. And great. Super great with us. We really appreciate it. The Inside the Walls podcast has their own Patreon coming soon. Uh, so be paying attention to that. If you are, if you love to be an insider in the NAL and get things first and get information first, you might want to be a part of their uh, Patreon as well. Phil Barnett checking in and wants to answer what Jim said. He said, what Jim said should be the opposite because we know how to finish a game. There's a point there. Mm-hmm. What, what Philip Barnett is saying is, hey, we're, we're able to pull the game out when it matters. We mm-hmm. did it this week. We've done it a couple of times this year. I will point out that last year, the big issue with the San Antonio Gunslingers was that we lost the close games. We did. And the difference this year is that we win the close games. Yeah, all of them. It's not like it's a fluky thing. If the game is close, so far, the Gunslingers have taken the game. And there's a lot that goes into that. For sure. And for those who don't know, we've been with different organizations, leagues, where they did not give us a penny in the sense of respect, um, interaction, interviews. Um, It was like pulling teeth to try to be part of that league. And with the Gunslingers, it's a totally different story. I mean, we feel part of the team, part of the family, and that makes a huge difference. Yeah, everyone in that organization from top to bottom, uh, people, you know, in on the uh, operation side, uh, Jordan, El Jefe, um, uh, which is my new nickname for James Stubing, and I told him so at the game. <laughs> so El, El Jefe and, and, and Jordan and April and 
Robert Seco, who does uh, the video production stuff, all that top-notch videos that we see and promos um, to the players and coaches, Coach Saw, everyone has been uh, really great with the podcast, and we really, really appreciate that. Um, we get a lot of comments from fans and say that, you know, uh, they tell us and compliment us on the show and what we put together, and we're able to put this together because we have the support of the team to help us make it so. So thank you. And they look at every detail. Did you guys notice the intern of the game that was in the program? No. What, who was that? What, oh, what yeah. was Francesca Carranza. Francesca Carranza. Could you believe that? I know. Amazing. That's then, a proud mom right there. Yeah. And they, they have to get Francesca's listen, name in there. And they listened because we had just interviewed the owners of the River City Warriors, and they were there at the game with their trophy. They were giving out the ball, the game ball, and they had their own suite, and they took pictures at halftime with us. That was incredible. Oh. I love to see uh, the gunslingers pick up on something that we just kind of do on a lark, you know, like on a lark, we're going to have the River City Warriors on and talk to them. These are these are ladies winning championships in football. And uh, next thing I know, I'm looking through the program before the game and I'm like, oh, they're they're giving up the game ball today. Yeah. All of that's that's so cool. Hey, speaking of cool people around the Gunslingers organization, we've mentioned his name a lot lately, but I want to show off some of his work. Robert Seco All right. does an incredible job of yes, putting together videos and, and content yes. for the San Antonio Gunslingers. All those hype videos they put out, that's Robert's work. He has a blast with it. I talked to him a little bit on Saturday before the game, and I said, man, what do you think of all this? And he goes, it's so cool. It's like I work at NFL Films and I sell air conditioners at the same time. I'm having a blast <laughs> doing all wow. of this. Uh, he's actually food. He's <laughs> he's a cool <laughs> dude. He's a cool dude. I love it. Uh, he put together. <laughs> oh, I just got that. That really, one went. Leo, it took you <laughs> yeah. that long. Oh my god! I was Leo. wondering what what threw Philip back with that laugh, and then I and then I was like, oh wait. <laughs> That was dad joke level. That was great. That was. That was, that was yeah. good, solid joke. Well, he's put together a video about their football camps with some pictures, and I'm sure some video of the uh, of the camp that they ran last week. We want to show it off. We want to show off yeah. Robert's work. We want to show off this camp and what your gunslingers are doing in the community. Uh, so take a minute and check this out. Uh, we're just giving back, you know, giving back to the community. These kids are uh, great, wonderful. Uh, we're having a youth camp for these guys, and uh, it's just amazing to, to be here right now. Is audio coming through? Man, it's, it's great being out here in the community with, with the kids, teaching a few things that, that we do every day during practice. Just a little taste of Robert Seco's work. Just a 30-second quick shot of camp. Philip Barnett there, uh, Coach Shaw there. Um, they're doing some good and, stuff. Uh, who nope, I don't want to add that to the stream. <laughs> We're listening to Trey Ware. When they caught the ball. Oh, I love that. I love hearing that. 
very cool stuff that they're doing. Um, we're glad we get to be a part of it. And uh, for sure. And I think it's very cool. Very cool. Jordan Steubing says Robert Seco is the best, and he's not wrong. He's very right. Robert does some great work. All right, so let's get down to business. We're wrapping up the show here in the next few minutes, um, but let's talk seriously. Um, the San Antonio Gunslingers have the opportunity to go to 8-1, and one, and if things break just right for them, they can go to 8-1 and one with, we're guessing right now that there will be about four games left to play for everybody. If they can get to eight and one and the Sharks can lose to Carolina, that would drop Carolina to help me out here. Oh, wait, you don't have to help me out. Well, you can help me out if you want to, but I bet I got the standings right here. I do. That would drop them to seven and three, uh, six and three. I'm sorry. Six and three, eight and one. That begins to feel a little more comfortable, don't you think, Leo? Yeah, a little more cushion. We need a little more cushion than that than that one game lead because if we end up in a tie, who gets the tiebreaker? They do. They do. They exactly. Have, they have yeah. they have the tiebreakers at this yep. point. Um we don't know because how the rest of, of the schedule works out if if um if there ends up being a game that is San Antonio versus Jacksonville at the end of the schedule, which I'm going to tell you right now is a possibility because everything schedule wise is up in the air for the last four or five weeks of the yeah. season. If we end up playing Jacksonville, it will be the biggest game of the regular season because the winner basically will set up uh, the championship game at their place. I mean, they got to take care of their 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 stuff in the first round of the playoffs, but they certainly have the right at that point to host the championship game. Yep. Um, that's and why if that say, would happen. That's huge. Yes, and that's why I say uh, the Gunslingers need to take care of business each and every week. Is almost like a must win because they want to remain in the driver's seat so they can control their own destiny, be in control uh, through the playoffs. I and want that championship game here in San Antonio. In Freeman Coliseum, absolutely. Yes. Yes. I don't want to watch the game. I don't want to fly to Jacksonville. I mean, I will if I have to, if I can, if I, if that works out. But I'd rather just drive up to San Antonio and watch the game right here. Let's just make sure we go. have it here. Um, I'm all about having it here. Me too. But the How first step, the most important step, is to be one and zero this week. Yep, protect our house. Our house. Beat the Warbirds again, and then we'll see. Uh, the The NAL has released this week's schedule, but nothing beyond that. And the press release they released today said that they will not release the remaining schedule until next Monday, the twenty sixth. I personally don't like that. I wish they would work a little faster. It is what it is. Um, we got to deal with the league. The league is dealing with a lot of moving pieces right now after Albany's exit. So I'm sure it's necessary or they wouldn't be dragging it out. I sure wish they could get the schedule done a little quicker, but that's what we're yeah. looking at now. They will, they've released this week's schedule. It's us, uh, playing West Texas, Carolina going to Jacksonville on Monday, both the other teams, Fayetteville and Orlando are, 
in a bye week this week. And that's all we know specifically about the schedule. Mm-hmm. As James Palmer says, all we need to worry about is going 1-0 and right now. And I'm sure that's what the team, that's all they're concerned with. Right. Yep. Right. We'll get there. Whatever it takes to get there. Um, if you got to walk there, walk there. If you got to fly here to get to the game, it's time to start booking tickets. We need all the help we can get because we've mentioned it a couple of times already on this show, but beating a team that you've already beat twice in this, in, in this season is tough. Three times is hard. I don't know why. I'm not sure I understand why. It just is. Every team, every person around football tells you it's hard. It's hard to beat the same team three times. What does that mean? That means you've got a job to do, San Antonio. You've got to be a part of this thing. Uh, Somebody brought it up just a minute ago and said noise. Noise creates turnovers. Do you know this person that said noise creates turnovers? Loli Ziamas. I think I know her. She, she She knows a little thing, too, about football. The more noise, the better, she says. Just be educated as to when to make your noise. Yeah, that is also true. We have a part to play. Bring the cowbells, bring the ping pong paddles, bring the rubber chickens, bring whatever it takes. Let's fill the Freeman Coliseum with energy. Let's get behind our gunslingers. Let's make sure. Oh, Lois is like, what? I know a lot about football. Yeah, you do, girl. Yes, you do. <laughs> I've been around you enough to know you know a lot about football. Train horns, the, the battery powered yes. train horns. Love them. all of that and more. All Anything you and can more. think of. Bring your hit stick noisemakers that they got you a couple of weeks ago. Is if you came in first thousand people a couple of weeks ago. All of that stuff. We need to be there. We need to make noise. We need to get behind our team. Um, it It's never been more important. Uh, the gunslingers are in a fight at this point. We've got to keep winning these games. And when we're at home, you can be a part of that. When we're on the road, you can be a part of that. West Texas had a good, solid group of people. They did. We don't know. They yeah, they did. We don't know when the next road trip is. Just talk about how we don't know. <laughs> yeah, we'll we find out soon. <laughs> I wish we know. Well, we have to wait till Monday. We have to wait till Monday. We'll wait till Monday and we'll find out then. Uh, no, originally, we were scheduled to go to Orlando on like the first. <laughs> Jay, no, no, none of those horns. Yeah, those things. <laughs> Vuvuzelas, or uh, I don't even know what they're called, but yeah, those things are terrible. They're awful. Jordan Stubing, a full arena makes a lot of noise. Just saying. Yep. Bring a friend. Bring five friends. Bring everybody you you know. Bring your bring a Star Wars advocate or a Star Wars fan. They might get the first five hundred advocate or a fan. You know, someone who's all for the Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, Get come dressed up in your Star Wars gear, cosplay. That's cool. You know, hey, right? Absolutely. Um, I Carrie, did you see me do my hair like the um Princess Leia? Did you see me do that? I did see That's that. That's how quick you can do it. I did see that. Uh, Carrie, Carrie White says we traveled to Odessa to cheer on our gunslingers. We did. Y'all did. I didn't. Uh, y'all did. 
they brought a pretty good contingent of folks down from Odessa. They had a whole section over there by the uh, by the Warbirds bench. I yeah. was very excited to see uh, West Texas show you up. Could, and show you up. could hear them on the broadcast. Yeah. 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 This is it, folks. This is the time you've really got to engage. You've got to get everybody you know engaged. You've got to get them involved. The gunslingers are doing their part on the field. They're eight and one, seven and one, eight and one. I've already given them the win next week. Look at that. <laughs> um, they're seven and one. They're doing their job on the field. They are coming up with great promotions. They're getting the word out there on Sports Talk Radio on twelve hundred with Chris Duell. Uh, they are getting billboards up. They're getting information out to San Antonio. They're doing their part in the front office. Now it's time for you, Gunslingers fans, to do your part. That's not just coming to the game. That's bringing folks to the game. That's your job. That's your marching orders. Bring one person with you. If everybody does that, we go from 2190 to 80. Boom, 4380. Oh, with the math. There go. That would be huge. 4,300 people. That would be awesome. So let's make that happen. Bring one person with you. Did you see the coverage on the uh, Telemundo Channel 60? They interviewed me. I was on there live. I did not see that. I missed that. Yeah, yeah, they came they out when we were taking pictures with the uh, River City Warriors uh, at halftime who were there with their trophy, and, and that was really cool too. And the Gunslingers, that's another shout-out we have to give to the folks at the Gunslingers um, because they got them involved in this game and had them as as guests, um, and uh, they were involved in the, in the uh, pregame game affairs i don't remember or recall exactly what it was they did but they they had them uh come out and they were there in force it was cool to see that hats yeah. off to the gunslingers once again so the gunslingers word is now even on the it, spanish man. channels yeah the gunslingers are killing it they really are yeah bang bang not yet <laughs> no i'm just saying they're doing a good job but it is about that time. Hey, if you want to get yep. in touch with the show, you can find us on all the social media outlets. That is Facebook, Instagram. We're there. We don't do much there, but we're there. Twitter, it's at Smoking Guns Pod. <laughs> Smoking no G, guns with a Z, P-O-D. By the way, we've gotten a request for T-shirts that are for the Smoking Guns podcast. Big, huge um, logo for the podcast on the back. And on the front, it just says, uh, no G with a Z, P-O-D. And so people it. forever would start people and go, what does that mean? You get a chance to talk about the Smoking Guns podcast. Uh, we'll see what we can do. We'll yeah, see what we cool. can find. That would be cool. Uh, it's, Ralph Judkins says it's Recruiter Rebel Night. Buy one, get one half off tickets. Look Let's at that. Do it. They're even making it easier for you to bring your one person this week. All of you, 2190, you get to bring one person and they're making it even easier for you to do that. Um, so make it happen, San Antonio. Uh, if you want to get in touch uh, with the show, you go to our social media. We also have email, smokeygunspod at gmail.com. If you'd like to be a Patreon of the show and help us support and make great things happen, uh, both on our show and off of our show, 
you can join us on Patreon at patreon.com, Smoking Guns Pod, Smoking No G, Guns with a Z, P-O-D, uh, and be a part of our Patreon team. When it comes to football, in San Antonio and out, whether it is in uh, West Texas, yeah, Doris, no. calling you guys out, Orlando, Jacksonville, up in Carolina, whether that's Green Bowl, uh, Greenboro or Fayetteville. When it comes to the 100-yard version of football, those teams out in Seattle and St. Louis, those teams over in uh, Orlando and, and Houston, they don't know what they're dealing with because when it comes to football, whether it's the 50-yard fight or the 100-yard field, the 2-1-0 has got something to say. Bang, bang. <laughs>